0: Hello and welcome to MapBytes episode 137. I'm Mike Thomas and I'm here with my co-host Elaine Giles and in this episode we're springing backpacks and docking Orinoco. On to the biggest news of the last week, the spring-loaded event.
1: Although, somebody managed to miss the great
0: event, didn't they, Mike? Well, it's not my fault that I had a webinar booked for weeks and Apple come along and just say, yeah, we're going to have this date. They should have really checked my calendar first.
1: Well, they should. But fear not, people. He did not miss out i made copious notes during said event and made him watch the video later uh, if you saw the the, the video the event uh, you'll understand why i forced him to do that you know why should he be the only one who didn't suffer because it opened with the eco-friendly flag waving i will not be impressed with anything apple have to say on that until they acknowledge that the ability to both upgrade existing kit and repair said kit easily would have more impact on the planet than said flag waving. Oh, same thing about not shipping a power supply. In fact, there is a fabulous video on YouTube. It deep dived why Apple's eco claims regarding the power supply thing are completely wrong. It was a really well-balanced video. So it started off with on the face of it and all the other things staying the same. It's got to be obvious that a smaller box means less packaging and shipping and thus impact on the planet and potentially one less plastic brick in landfill. But and this is where it started agreeing with me. If you use your old charger, you're not getting the the benefit of the speed of charging that the device is capable of. Plus the fact we all know chargers don't last forever. You could lose them, break them. And then there's obviously the cable third issue if you're reselling your phone to buy a new one and you know given the price of these things many many people do we're in a fortunate position where we've never done that have we no but other people may need to resell it well if you're selling a phone and there's a slot in the box for the charger and you don't put the charger in then there's obviously something missing and you will get less money for that so, on the purchase of a new phone, many will sell it, or even if you don't sell it, you might pass it on to another member of the family or a third party. And what you're supposed to do? Share the brick and cable. Uh, at some point, you're going to need to purchase a new charger. Then, all of the good that Apple have done by leaving the charger out of the original box is lost. You're going to need separate shipping, separate internal packaging for the actual charger, separate external packaging. So, think Amazon boxes. We we have a. a cardboard collection, don't we? Is it once a month? Once a month. Yeah. Could do with three more of those bins. Listeners should know that. (laughs) Oh, yes. The science of the bin collection. (laughs) It's a complicated business, I'm telling you. But that's the blue one. I happen to know cardboard is the blue one and it's always full. Amazon do do their best, but Sometimes you get a huge box wrapped around something incredibly tiny. And all of that is worse for the environment overall than supplying a charger with the device would have been in the beginning. It's also not just the charger. Now gone are the earphones and without a dedicated headphone jack to rely on. You really need, unless you want dongles galore, a lightning enabled um, headphones or USB-C enabled headphones, one or the other. Without those additional dongles, you are going to need separate headphones for each device. So now instead of one would do now, you've got to have one for each. And even if you're purchasing the cheapest, most standard earbuds, it means another box arriving with all its associated shipping and detritus. And the boxes for earphones, and I did actually look this up and I've noticed myself when they arrive, those boxes are often at least the same size as the entire phone. Now, why? Well, because the manufacturers need you to feel that you're getting your money's worth when you buy them. Even with what Apple have got to say, there's inconsistencies internally with what they're saying. The new cable doesn't fit the old chargers. They use a proprietary lightning port. So these new phones that they're talking about, which is what they're saying, use your old charger. What about people switching from Android? What are they supposed to use? because that doesn't fit at all. They've also obviously put this MagSafe thing on where it's sold as an extra to the phone. But to get the full speed out of that charger, you need to buy another adapter. Yes, we've reached the point. Accessories have accessories of their own. Also, the wireless charging is inefficient. This video that I was watching said 47 percent less efficient, which is frightening. And also made the point that power wireless chargers use power even when they're not charging. Is that eco-friendly? No. Um, So with Apple, when they claim eco-friendliness, only when it suits themselves, they are not considering all the ramifications of not including a charger. So it's easy for them to claim positive eco-friendly impacts. But that's not the whole story. It's Apple's carbon footprint they're talking about, not yours. It's a transfer of the carbon footprint from Apple to its customers. So I started looking into the alternatives, which I I wouldn't buy an Apple charger not to save my life, would I? But there is a new kind of charger, a gallium nitride charger, GAN, which is much more efficient, gives you the same output, but it uses fewer materials. It's incredibly tiny. It's a much smaller brick. It would actually fit inside the smaller boxes that Apple are already using to ship the iPhones. These chargers are up to 25% more efficient than a standard charger and up to 70% more efficient than a wireless charger. Because less heat generated during the charging, it means the charger has a longer lifespan overall. Result, more efficient and eco-friendly for both Apple and its customers. You might think, well, no one else is doing it. Well, that's not a good reason for Apple not to do it. But they already are. I'm never sure how to pronounce this. Do you want to have a a stab at it, Mike? Is it I I don't
0: know, Siomi.
1: It's X-I-A-O-M-I. That. I've no idea how to pronounce it, but it it looks like X-O-M-I. They include a 55 watt GAN charger with their current phone, the Mi 11, the Mi 11. Why aren't Apple doing that? Instead of standing there waving their little green flag, why aren't they doing something positive? Instead of which, it's all smoke and mirrors. It's um, mm, carbon footprint. Need to reduce it. I know. Let's put all our carbon expenditure onto the customer. And that's what they've done with it. Can you see I'm wound up about that? Mm. And is there anything worse than the eco-friendly flag waving? Oh, I'm glad you asked. Yes. And I'm quoting here. The Restore Investment Fund in partnership with Conservation International and Goldman Sachs. Thrilled? No, no. I'd be more thrilled to have kit that doesn't croak on the day after the apple care expires. I would be more thrilled if perfectly good kit wasn't declared antique, while still perfectly functional, but for the forced obsolescence in terms of a lack of hardware repairability or software updates that break what's already worked for years. And with that one, I'm thinking about, I was still using iPad 1 years after it came out. So it came out in 2010. I was probably still using that in about 2018. And the forced obsolescence in software was when they suddenly decided that the iPlayer wasn't going to work on it anymore and neither was YouTube. But they'd worked fine for years. Yes, well, they're not working now. So that's, that's forced obsolescence. I'd be much more thrilled if Apple concentrated on serving the customers who have got them where they are today by providing the best technology and gear that they can. That's when they start spouting values and principles. Can I, can I have massive air quotes on that as well? If they said values and principles once, don't get me going. Um, just one example, the your existing charger thing. So I'm in the market for an iPhone 12. I already got an iPhone 11. Easy then. Uh, no. Not so much. Now, the cable that they're supplying is um, a lightning cable to USB C. What are they suspecting I'm plugging that into? Because I can assure you it's not my 10 port charging hub, which isn't USB C. So, what do they expect me to do with that? Bin it and buy a new one, because that brings into play all that I've just said about replacing kit that doesn't actually need to be replaced. Now, if I could hunt out a compatible cable, well, we all know how fast they die a sad death, don't we? So, uh, yeah, I think I need to leave that alone, don't I, and move on before I get stressed.
0: Move along.
1: I would say move along, nothing to see. But that was when Timmy got on his hind legs and started talking about podcast subscriptions. Uh, How iTunes started with 3,000 shows and now they've got millions. And this is going to be podcast subscriptions. Yeah, subscription. I know. You're ahead of me, aren't you? Subscription. Oh, no. All together now. Do you remember that thing that used to be on the local radio, Mike, where um, it was, it's a goal. And oh, no. So it was two mm. jingles that the radio station used to play. And it used to give you a heart attack because it'd come on it would say, it's a goal. But the thing was, there'd be Manchester United playing Manchester City. There'd be Bolton, Bury, Burnley, you name it. And it was like, who scored? Who scored? Who scored? And even worse, if it was the derby match where you've got two local teams playing each other and one of them scored, they'd go, it's a goal. Oh, no. And you're still waiting to find out who did it. That kind of thing. Yeah, so the minute you say subscriptions, your heart sinks. So um, he banged on about the biggest change since the debut of podcasting. Each podcast is going to get a beautiful new homepage. And Mike looked at me, didn't you? With like, when we watched the video later, he said, "What, what, what do you mean? Do, do we not design our homepage?" No, Mike, we don't. They do. So all they do is interpret your XML file. But it's going to be an I quote beautiful. There's also going to be channels and recommendations he did use the S word again, subscriptions, and then said an ad free listening. And I thought, just a minute. Whoa, stop right there, Timmy. Ad free listening. We don't have ads in MacBytes. Why would we have ads in MacBytes? Because, you know, that would never work, would it? Can you imagine we get somebody uh, and it yes, we'll put an ad in MacBytes. We'll give you money for doing it. Oh, Awesome. Yeah, that's fine. And it's an app that I use maybe. Uh, and then down the line, they do something that I don't approve of. So I how do I tell them what I really think if I'm taking money from them for advertising their product? So we don't. So we're already ad free, Timmy. So nobody has to to pay you. And and, and then it got really complicated, didn't it? Um, You're actually, well, no, hang on. They're paying us, but Apple have got their hand out for 30%. So yeah, don't worry about it. Money's involved here. Money's involved. Anyway, it's coming faster than we would have expected. It's coming next month in May. And quoting Timmy, brace yourselves for this one. You might have missed this, even if you listened. This is a quote. It will make listening to podcasts easier and more enjoyable than ever. What? Paying for the privilege to listen to a podcast is going to make it more enjoyable. So what should we charge, Mike?
0: Mm, (laughs) Think about that one.
1: Well, you never know. Yeah, yeah. We're going to have to seriously think about this, aren't we? Um. It would be great for us to be able to defray some of the cost of what producing MacBytes does cost us. Um, But we would never, ever claim that paying would make it more enjoyable to listen to. (laughs) Do you know they spout this stuff with a straight face and on the face of it? You know, if you just listen to it, you're like, yeah, 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 yeah. And it's not until you actually go back. And I think the subtitles on and as the subtitles going past on this video, which I was forcing Mike to watch. I'm looking at it and I'm thinking, did he just say that? And then I wound it back. Yes, he did. He did. There was very little in the way of detail. And it's going to depend on the content creators in terms of if they embrace the new subscription service and what price they choose to charge for their content, what content they choose to charge for. So you could have just special episodes that are paid for it's going to cost the creators £17.99 a year. That's in the UK. I think it's $19.99 in the States. Apple will take 30% of all that you earn in year one and 15% in subsequent years. Oh, I so want to say something, Mike. Will we get taken off air? No, no. Let me say it anyway. Uh, Isn't that pimping? (laughs) Just asking. Just asking. Now, Here's a question for you guys. Hit it, reply or send us a mail straight away. The crew at MacBytes.co.uk. Would you rather use the Apple podcast subscription method or would you rather just make a donation whenever you felt like it to pay the content creators directly? Let us know the answer to that one. And while you're pondering it, we'll just mention Spotify were at this stage. This is the day of the event rumoured to be about to announce their plans for podcasting's future on their platform. Well, they've done it since. So watch this space coming up shortly.
0: Haven't you forgotten something? The Apple card.
1: Oh, Oh, I have. Good grief. I was i was so much off on a rant. I've totally forgotten the Apple card. Um, yes, um, Timmy again. If, if it's money, Timmy's talking about it. His new stance is that every user gets to benefit by building a credit history. And what did I think? Oh, let's gloss over the alleged gender discrimination. Recently, Apple were actually declared innocent of that charge. But researching that this week was a minefield of he said, she said. Eventually, it was any discrimination would be based on a bad credit history, unpaid debt or lower income levels. Mm. Pro tip, when you're in a hole, stop digging. In other words, women are less creditworthy generally due to having lower earnings. Apple are aiming for complete carbon neutrality by 2030, something they've told us many, many times in so many different ways. No news of when we can expect complete gender or racial equality. No mention of that at all. But the one good thing that, you know, a 13 year old me would have wanted was anyone over 13 can be part of the Apple Card family. Oh, wish we'd had that in my youth, obviously, without the need to pay it back. Wouldn't you have enjoyed that?
0: Oh, I would. I would.
1: Oh, that would have been good. Shall we move on now to the perils of the purple iPhone? Let's do that. Purple is the new black. And it was all announced to the Candyman video. Really? I was sitting there completely, completely incredulous. And I was doing that the, while Mike was in his webinar, I was doing the, re- the live reactions uh, on Byte's FM. Mm. I had to rein myself in with that one. Timmy said, again, I quote, we're so excited to introduce a beautiful new colour, gorgeous purple. Me? Mm. Cynical mid-cycle opportunity to hike sales. If you're in the market for a purple iPhone, then buy a purple iPhone. But I think it, it is so cynical to add a colour that people may have wanted to buy last, you know, six months ago when it came out to hold that back because they could do it in any number of colours. You could you could pick your colour for crying out loud. They could do this, couldn't they? By Pantone colour, let like you pick your own. But they've kept it back to hike sales mid cycle for those who really need a purple one. Oh, uh, no, not impressed. That was the point uh, he went on. He handed it over at this stage, I think, at uh, the air tag thing. The one that mentioned it said in Find My. And I thought, is, is this a thing? Are we actually calling the Find My... It used to be Find My iPhone, didn't it?
0: Find My iPhone, Find My Friends, Find My Mac, Find My this, Find My that. Find enough money to buy some Apple kit.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's just a stupid name though, isn't it? Find My, the Find My app. <laughs> it doesn't roll off the tongue. Anyway, as I'm watching, I thought, just a minute, did they actually just say that? Hijacking a billion iPhones worldwide to provide the tracking for these things. Do they already do that with the other Find My stuff? I, I have no idea. But when Amazon suggested something similar and it wasn't that long ago, it was something to do with, with your A-Lady devices, your Echo devices. I can't remember what for, but I got this email and I read it and I thought, you must be kidding. am I turning that off? They wanted to do similar giving passing folk transitory access to your A-Lady devices and all hell broke loose. It was like, how do I disable this? Not having that, don't want that. Nobody said a word about the Apple thing. Is it just, well, would you all just accept it because it's Apple? Drink the Kool-Aid and trust them. My opinion is like, you know, I would quite like to turn that off myself. (laughs) It's my data, go away. I can see it being like a symbiotic thing to do if you need to use other people's to track your stuff. But seeing as I'm not buying the Air Tags. I really don't want to be part of this, but I don't think I've got that opportunity. And it's just the the difference in how, I mean, I don't mind one way or the other, but with the A-Lady thing, I turned it off. I thought I I don't like the the idea of that. And if you don't like the idea of that, can you turn it off? I have no idea. No idea. Uh, One thing that came to my mind was would it work with iPhone 11? This was when I was pondering whether I needed one or not. It's all right. It came to my senses. Um, apparently it can. It can be used with devices with a U1 chip. So that's the iPhone 11 and later. And they've got this thing called precision finding, which I did think of you, I must admit, when they did that. Me. I thought precision finding. It's not really good enough to say, yeah, your keys are somewhere in the house because they already know that. This thing's supposed to give you, like, bang on, move six foot to the left and they're there. And... Mike loses his iPhone quite a bit, don't you? That's what my watch is for though. If Mike's close enough to it, then obviously you he can hear the ping when he uses his watch and pings it. So so that's that's quite handy. Whether you'd be any better with the precision finding thing, but then you wouldn't have it on your phone, would you? You wouldn't put a tag on your phone because you can already find your phone. True. So this was this was my dilemma. What would I have that I wanted to put a tag on? And two things came to mind. Mike and the dog. But that was when uh, it's not designed to track people. Or pets. It's designed to track things. But how do they know Lola's not a handbag? (laughs) Now, there's all all confusing things here in how it actually works, where it it deactivates in certain circumstances. It's very complicated. But I did read it all. And I thought, I still don't see why that wouldn't work with Lola. But then I thought maybe, I mean, she's chipped anyway. Now, Mayer's chip was fantastic, wasn't it? He was ahead of his time. Lola doesn't do this, but Maya did. Mayer got his chip in 2001 uh, and that was fine for, for a good two, three years. It was probably about 2004 or five. Dad got a new car. Now, it wasn't a new new car. It was a secondhand car, but it was new to him. And it was younger than the one he had. And it had one of those key fob things on it where you point and press and you know, w- wonderful things happen. My car's still got a crank handle. It doesn't work like that. Anyway, every time the dog walked past the car, he unlocked it. So when we were taking him out to do his constitutional in the evenings, you had to walk him past the car in even numbers, one to unlock it and one to lock it on the way back. <laughs> I don't think I don't think Mayer needed one of those, did he? No. Um it all sounds fabulous. And I think they got the price right, which is £29, or four for a hundred, with engraving options, which I actually think is useful, because all these things are going to look the same, aren't they? If I had some and you had some. How would you identify them apart other than them having different cases or stuff? That, I'm glad I mentioned cases. Oh, dear. The price of the cases would make your eyes bleed. There were three. Is it Hermes or Hermes or something? No idea. We would say Hermes, but I'm sure it was Hermes or something like that. Well, they topped out at $449 for a case. And I thought, does that include the tag? I think it might actually include the tag. But are you serious? Would anybody pay that for 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 a leather tag? Am I on a different planet still? Anyway, I decided. Well, you know, if you were, I did, I did, I played the played the if game. If you were going to be interested in one of these things, uh, what 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 is there in the way of cases? Ah, three pounds ninety nine on Amazon. I thought I'll have one of those then. Now give it a few days, and they'll be three ninety nine for four. <laughs> but I did have a look, and uh, no, they went on sale last week sometime, and no. Uh, I did. I didn't buy any, Uh, like I say, complicated privacy things with them. But I'm wondering if tile have been as diligent regarding privacy as Apple claimed to be. Could we just get a tile and hang that off the dog or wouldn't that work either? If you've got one, let us know. It did say the whole thing was powered by the network of iPhones and it was a very tiny, tiny amount of data. And it was totally private. And all I could think of was SiriGate. It's totally private until it's not private. So uh, I, I actually found that yeah, at least they mentioned that they didn't go into it in any great detail, but it doesn't appeal to me. What do you guys think? Would you mind that or do you think it, it's the beginning of the end? Talking of the beginning of the end, Apple TV, there's a new Apple TV, which I don't mind. I don't watch TV it at all. But I do use it for presentations. You know, in the Halcyon days when you used to leave the house to give a presentation, uh, it's in a drawer at the moment, collecting dust. But Timmy assured us that this was fabulous and that I was missing out by not watching it. And he specifically mentioned his favourite show, Ted Lasso. Went totally over my head. Never heard of it. Have you, Mike?
0: I've not heard of it.
1: No. Anyway, I didn't need to worry. Because by the end of Timmy's piece, I felt I'd I'd watched far too much of it. He literally played what felt like the majority of an episode. I actually timed it on the replay because I thought, God, this went on. You don't need more than 30 seconds to say, and this is a new series coming along. It was two minutes, 34 seconds, which might not seem excessive, The keynote itself was one hour, one minute and two seconds. And that two and a half, just over two and a half minutes, that's 4.1% of the keynote. Yes, I actually did the maths. And then just to be certain, I got Mike to check the maths with Excel, didn't I? (laughs) I really did that because I was thinking to myself, it can't be that much. But it was 4.1% of the entire keynote was an advert for Ted Lasso, whoever he might be. Mm. From what I saw of of the two and a half minutes of absolute agony, uh, it's not likely to be one of my favourites. But I did think the new remote might might tempt me. And yes, it's available separately for use with older devices. That's not like Apple, is it? Not at all. No, usually nothing works with nothing, but apparently it is. So I can see that they will actually sell quite a few of those. This was the point. Bear in mind, remember at this stage, Mike, still in his webinar. But at this stage, I started to get quite excited because we were going to talk about the iMacs. This was Colleen Novelli, Mac Product Marketing. And obviously you will have heard it's a 24 inch iMac in seven colours. It is the Andy Pandy Pants announcement. My incredulity was not limited to the pants either. There was also the Wonder Woman Power Stance now, obviously, we'd explained this to Mike before he'd actually seen it. So um, all I could see in my mind was Theresa May. But being reminded of her power stance and the shimmying to Dancing Queen, I'm beginning to understand how Boris is now Prime Minister. Luckily, the horror of all that was soon completely overwhelmed by the horror of the IMAX, or should I say the anorexic IMAX. So much verbiage or as we call it in Manchester, tripe, uh, spouted about said iMacs. These, these are just a few quotes. Uh, so, so if you think about how Apple advertised these things, if you imagine these, these quotes floating gently over a pastel coloured iMac, we wanted it to feel light and optimistic. It's a computer, just make it work. No, no, no. We wanted it to feel light and optimistic instantly brightening up any space. The softer colours and light grey borders ground the iMac in your environment. What? Anyway, softer than what? The silver iMac. And does softer mean the white border? Sorry, light grey. The back is designed to celebrate colour with bold, richly saturated shades. Did I mention verbiage? and tripe and thought so. In many places, the back of the iMac is the first thing you see. So we created colours that would bring a sense of joy to any space. Mm. How about bringing some joy to me and my ability to do some work with the thing? <laughs> no, not on their agenda. With every generation, iMac has moved closer to our vision to make the computer disappear. And this disappear thing, do you mean port by port and feature by feature? One day they'll try and sell us an empty box and I can see the tagline now. It's the thinnest iMac ever. You can't actually see it. (laughs) What did you think when you saw it, Mike?
0: I thought it's the thinnest iMac ever. (laughs) Poof! It's gone away.
1: (laughs) Well, it was. (laughs) It had 500 nits of brightness, though, didn't it? And 30, uh, 11.3 million pixels. So, yeah. And then they said it had true tone display to automatically, and I quote, adjust the colour temperature as your environment changes for a more natural viewing experience. Mm. And my my reaction to that was, I'm sure there's designers world the world over crying into their beer right now. Can you turn it off? <laughs> the majority of things they bring out. My first reaction is, hmm, mm, curious. Can you turn it off? It works on an iPad, I'll, I'll admit. But an iPad, yeah, that, that's not... No, no, not not permanently on a Mac that I'm designing with. Please don't change the colour. You'll play with my mind. There was a coating on it for comfort and readability. Is that acknowledging that these shiny screens are a bit reflective?
0: I think so, yeah.
1: They, they didn't say that, that, that you have to pay extra for that, so I don't think you actually did, which is quite surprising. They've updated the microphone, camera and speakers. Uh, a 1080p camera at last with, brace yourself, computational video. Do you remember the computational photography thing? That might actually work quite nicely. I don't know. Uh, The iMac wakes almost instantly. Mine's never off. So I think mine's actually faster than that, but we'll we'll see. Oh, and then she actually uttered the words gaming improvements. Fell asleep at that point. Uh, 85% faster than 21.5 iMac. Now, you had a 21.5 iMac, didn't you?
0: I did. Um, two iMacs ago.
1: Was it two iMacs ago? Oh, gosh, it was, wasn't it? It was two But IMAX it was probably ago. one of the worst machines you ever had, wasn't it, for being slow?
0: It only only um, beaten by the white MacBook that I had many years ago. <laughs> You've
1: had two real duffers there. Mm. But uh, particularly when you were using Excel in a VM? Yeah. Well, they're tempting you with this. So, you know, some people might say, oh, well, hang on, this True Tone thing it's not aimed at designers. But then in the next breath, Affinity Photo and Adobe Photoshop run twice as fast as the previous model. So clearly it is. Hmm. And you can also run iPhone and iPad apps on your Mac. Oh, but we're not merging it. That, That came a couple of days later. No, no, no. We're still not merging it. Yes, you are. You know you are. At some point, you're going to have to admit you are. Oh, I wonder how long that'll be. Then then she uttered the word state of the art connectivity, at which point, you know that you are not about to enjoy what comes up next. This was the four USB-C ports, two of which are Thunderbolt, but not on all the models. And the MagSafe is back. Yes, on the machine you least need it on. The colour coded cables even match the iMac colours. I wasn't exactly excited, but that was leading to the power brick. Um No mention of this power brick bringing a sense of joy to any space. She did not say that. So this at the back of the machine that we're looking at in the glorious and rich colours. There's a power brick there staring you in the face. Although the one thing that I did look at and think, oh, interesting. The three keyboard options with Touch ID. But I don't use an Apple keyboard. Now, I did have my Matthias Pro. That that was the one that sounded like a herd of Rampaging Buffalo, which has had to be retired because it, it's far too loud. for You could probably hear that if you were working in the extension, wouldn't you? Mm. So that yeah. one's been retired. But I do have a Matthias keyboard. Um, it looks like the Apple keyboard with the number pad but it Bluetooths to four devices at the same time. So that's the one I want to use. So if I want to use that, then I'm not going to have the Touch ID thing because the Touch ID is not on the mouse or the trackpad. Oh, how unfortunate. So there's third party keyboard suppliers without a paddle. Uh, but they too were colour matched to the devices. And then they said that it started at $1,299. And then in tiny, small print, four colours and a standard keyboard, no ethernet. So no ethernet, a lot of people missed, you know. Because it's on, on you know, they're showing you the back of, of the IMAX in all the colours, but you, you've not clocked the fact that there's no ethernet on, on the base model at that point be, because it's on the power brick and they're not actually showing you the power brick. So if you want one that actually works, then you're looking at a minimum of 1,499. Then I looked at the small print. And, do you know, I don't know how they get away with this. Uh, the actual diagonal screen size is 23 and a half inches, not 24. Now, you might say, well, that's how they measure them. Yeah, but don't forget, this was Apple who redefined what, was it a megabyte or a terabyte? Megabytes, yeah. Whatever, they they redefined by saying, oh, well, that's not actually strictly true, is it? So they redefined it. And they've redefined what inches are. No, it's 23 and a half, not 24, but, you know, it's near enough to 24, so why not? Well, on that basis, Mike, I've got £2.50 in my purse. I'm I'm a millionaire, really. (laughs) I'm not far off, am I? Not quite. Oh, don't get me going. The other thing that was curious to me was it specifically said it supports external display up to 6K in resolution, but only one of them. And I thought, but I have two and there's two ports on the back. I'm thinking my setup, my current setup would still work, but I couldn't guarantee it on these models. It said um, there was native display port output over the USB-C. So technically VGA, HDMI, DVI and Thunderbolt. Maybe I could get two on it. I don't know. Didn't make it clear. I did not make it clear what they didn't talk about. Was The RAM wasn't directly mentioned, but obviously there's 8 gig or 16 gig and you can't have any more than that. The hard drive storage was lovely, lovely. The capacity of that was glossed over beautifully, but you've got 256, 512, a terabyte or two terabytes. Then there was the pug ugly audio jack on the edge of the display, not mentioned at all. But everybody in the chat was incredulous with how hideous that would be. And there was no snazzy colour options for the base model either. So you can have the base model in four colours, not, not the seven. Possibly not the ones you want, but then that depends if you want the purple, the orange or the yellow, really, doesn't it? Hmm. So, uh, oh, and this new power supply. Yes, that's proprietary to Apple. So if it carps out, you're going to need a new one. If you have to wait two weeks for that to arrive, then <laughs> you are without a paddle. Without a paddle. So say hello to the iMac Fisher-Price models. Here's hoping the real new iMacs will debut at WWDC or maybe a September event. I think the laptops will probably come WWDC. But here's hoping because if ever there was a case of form over function, it's these iMacs. White bezel, naked chin in a range of delicate pastel colours. Side saddle audio jack that would send my OCD into overdrive. Uh, If that's your thing, As long as you don't actually have a need to look at the front of it, it could be just the Mac for you. Consensus of those in the MacBytes live chat was it looked like it was designed by Fisher-Price, but priced by Apple, obviously. Am I tempted? Uh, No, I I really wasn't. But we also all decided in the chat that if pushed, it would have to be the silver model. What did we actually want? Space grey but we didn't actually get Space Gray. And if you're wondering why the audio jack is such a huge issue when you could Bluetooth to it, I have a set of speakers and they are plugged in all the time. So I I never use the iMac speakers. I use my own speakers. And I would have to have it sat on the desk with with a cable sticking out of the side. Whereas at the moment, it's beautifully neat behind it. Mm. So I wasn't buying Uh, Which was just as well, really, because that was the point they introduced the M1 iPad. Introduced with Timmy's version of the milk tray advert from back in the 80s. Do you remember that, Mike?
0: And all because the lady loves an M1 chip.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, there was that advert and a rather dodgy homage to Mission Impossible. Replete at the very end with Timmy's rather creepy bobble-headed snigger at the end. Apparently, it's all about performance and graphics wise, it's 1500 times faster than the graphics of iPad one, which is stunning. I've got to admit that is stunning. They did sneak in mention of compatibility with games controllers, but they totally lost my interest at that point, surprisingly enough. Thankfully, they did back off a full blown demo of said integration and it's got 5G. So they announced that with the iPad on a boat in San Francisco with a 12.9 inch iPad on a tripod being used as a video camera. You don't see that often, do you? Or is that just me?
0: No, not at all.
1: I certainly don't see that that often. Anybody at work do that, Mike?
0: No, I can I can say no.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, people, do you remember when they added a camera and people were like, I'll never take a photograph with my iPad. And now apparently it's the standard <laughs> for video, mm, who knew? Anyway, that this one had double the knits. It had a thousand knits and one thousand six hundred peak knits. So I mean, who doesn't want one? Not with the without with the one thousand six hundred knits, I definitely want one. I was holding out for a new pencil, so they came onto the accessories, and I got really excited. And we ended that with, um, yeah, there's no new pencil. There's not even a new color of the pencil. Not even the purple. Uh, And there's the smart folio case and there's the magic keyboard that's got backlighting and all of that with a trackpad on it. Oh, there's a new colour of that. And I'm thinking, oh, nice, white. That is going to be filthy within five minutes, possibly six, but no longer than 10. I can assure you it'd be filthy. It does look beautiful if you want white. It's just not practical, is it? It isn't. So, in total, one hour, one minute, two seconds of a warm-up for WWDC, we hope. At least they reined in the cast of thousands and limited themselves to only a handful and added their names as lower thirds so we could all follow along. So, what do you think, Mike? Did you want anything?
0: No, I don't want anything. Um, Certainly not a new iMac. Um, You were talking about having a... um. A thing sticking out of the side of your iMac and it being aesthetically not pleasing for me, it's impractical um, because I haven't got the room either side of the iMac, um, so it, it it just wouldn't fit. Basically, mine's mine's more practical, mine's more of a practical issue than a an aesthetic issue. Yeah,
1: what Mike's saying is his iMac is next to a secondary monitor and it's pushed right up to it. And that's the side that this headphone jack is, isn't it? Yeah. And at the other side, you're you're against like a cupboard, Mm. which proved problematic when you had a Mac that had a DVD port on it. So putting a DVD in meant actually moving the
0: Mac, didn't it? Exactly. So, yeah. That's my problem.
1: Yeah, I agree. I'm dreading now what's coming out for the the next 27 to 32. Whatever the next proper iMac is, I'm dreading it. And I was actually thinking, you know, is there anything that we could do with the audio to kind of make it less offensive? And and no, no. I know many people can use a Bluetooth thing, but I can't because I need to record the audio. And, And if I've got audio that's on my system and I can hear it in my Bluetooth headphones. If I press record on my system, it doesn't record it. You've got to have the most complicated setup because it's it's actually sending the audio to the Bluetooth device. The audio is not local anymore. So you'd have to create, uh, you'd have to have loopback, you'd have to have audio hijack and you would have to create the most amazingly complicated setup to make all of that work. I'd just rather just plug some headphones in, like I'm wearing now, i my headphones in. And are they cabled in? Yes, they're cabled in. (laughs) But no, fingers crossed. They come to the senses for the next one. Can't see it myself, but there you go.
0: Now, you talked about Apple TV earlier and you had an adventure this week with it, didn't you?
1: Oh, indeed. I got a year of Apple TV Plus free with my iPhone 11, which was purchased all the way back in September 2019. Never watched a thing no interest in TV generally, much less Apple TV Plus specifically. The free one year I got, I think it extended by a year and then it extended again. So currently it's due to expire July 2021. I decided to give it a go. Insanity, I know, but had to be done. First issue, like a newborn kitten, how to access it? Obviously, my mind went straight to a physical Apple TV. And we do have three of those, but with no TV, setting one up wasn't going to be worth the investment in my time. Now, I'm not short of iPads or indeed iPhones, so that would have been an obvious path, but too easy, I thought. What if I just wanted to watch something in a browser, I thought. By some miracle, I managed to get to the Apple TV Plus homepage. Obviously, once I landed, I needed to use the search to find the programme that I was looking for. The search on the homepage is shocking. And when I say shocking, I mean, it's so bad I couldn't even find a search option. Someone had mentioned a series called Calls, and that was what I was looking for. But since it wasn't listed on the homepage, I was stuck. I know, I thought, I'll Google the show straight there. Took me straight there onto the Apple TV page. There was the homepage for that show. Why can't Apple do that? Anyway, um, there was an option to open the Apple TV app on my Mac and watch the show there. Oh, worth a try, I thought. It did actually open up the app on macOS and that is where the fun ended. I should already be logged into that as obviously I'm already logged into my iCloud account. No joy. It demanded that I either take a seven day trial or subscribe. The issue was I couldn't do either, as I already have an active, albeit free, subscription up to July 2021. So the browser it was then. I clicked play. By sheer force of will, I managed to get through two episodes of calls. There are no words adequate enough to describe how bad this was. For a start, it wasn't really a TV show. The format was much more suited to being a podcast. There were no actors on the screen. It was all computer generated visuals. And while that was gimmicky to start with, it got annoying fast. So I'm going to hand it over to you. What should I try for my next adventure in the mind numbing world of Apple TV Plus? Send in your suggestions for me, because so far, lesbian vampire killers is beginning to look appealing. And you all know how much I was looking forward to that one. (laughs) Not. (laughs) But send your suggestions in. Let me know. Apple's promised app privacy labels went live just before Christmas. Doubtless you will be aware of this. A few freaked out, but... Ignored by most, I would suspect, or at least they were, until we were inundated with app updates in the last couple of weeks. Most of the release notes, you know I'm diligent in reading them, reported that Apple had updated the app to, quote, use the latest Apple signing certificate. Pity anybody trying to get by with just mobile data, you know, all these app updates. Anyway, uh, while these labels might be a decent enough idea in theory, it's not like you can pick and choose your level of access, is it? Or to be more accurate, pick your own level of permitted intrusion. For example, if you want to use Facebook, you have to agree to their terms. It's just like the health traffic light labels on foods in the UK. Green, good. Amber, go easy. Red? Leave it alone. But come on, irrespective of how many red lights you see, you're still going to eat that cream cake, aren't we all? So good, bad or indifferent, what do you reckon? I guess the information provided in this labelling system, at least you know what the terms actually are. Or did you just not read it? <laughs> Let me know. I can't honestly say I've read all of them. I've given them a once over as they fly past, but certainly not deep dived it. Because like I say, you can't choose anyway. You want to use the app? Got to agree. But do let me know what you think. I'm curious. And talking of updates. Oh, yes. There was a surprise on Monday. iOS 14.5 arrived. Promised so much with the uh, face ID and your mask thing. I didn't have a mask to hand. Now, before you start judging me, I haven't left the safe cocoon of MacBytes headquarters since the 6th of March last year. But we do have the mammoth Magbite's mask supply strategically placed by the front door. So being in the office, I grabbed a towel and wrapped it round my face. Holding it in place left me without sufficient hands free to manipulate the phone and the watch. Mm. Next trick, slip the towel under my glasses to hold it in place.
0: Yes, you look like a bandit.
1: Well, either that or an extra from the student prince. But at least it did confirm it worked. The next step was leaving the phone flat on the desk. I tapped the screen and I waited for the watch to spring into life. It did nothing. I was left a disappointed woman. Touch ID for the phone was so much more flexible than face ID will ever be. If Apple refused to understand that there are circumstances where picking up the phone to get into it just isn't what I need. I can access all my older devices in a more flexible and efficient way than any of the newer devices. It's utterly ridiculous. What I really want is Touch ID on the entire screen.
0: Apple, that's what I need. Well, I didn't even install it. I actually haven't done the uh, iOS 14 thing yet, never mind the 14.5. I only did the iOS 14 on my old iPhone for parental support uh, because my mum said to me, oh, the guy at EE, which is her provider, told me to update to iOS 14. Well, she didn't say iOS 14. She said, oh, oh, oh 14 something. Mm. And I thought, "Um, that means I better update because I remember doing some parental support over the phone. And it was like, you tap here, you tap here. Oh, I haven't got that, she says. And I'm thinking... They've made a small change. It's where you go in and set your password, uh, and they've made a small for, for your um, mail account, and they've made a small change as to where it was. So I thought, well, to be you know be be able to uh, take her through the menus, I better um, have my mine on the same version as hers. So I'm going to have to do that 14.5.
1: But you only sacrifice the older phone, not the new yeah, one.
0: Exactly, but. <laughs> I'm with... Just just a
1: very interesting question here. If the man at EE, the one that told her to update, never mind, just update, it'll be fine. Uh, if he'd have said jump off a cliff, would she have done? Because to me, the two are pretty similar in, in severity.
0: No, and she normally she normally says, I need to consult my son before I do anything. <laughs> but she didn't this
1: time. Oh dear, oh dear.
0: But I'm with you. I often want to leave my phone on, on, on the desk and then get into it.
1: I'm thinking of like specific circumstances, the way that I used to do it. So when I used to go out to meetings, oh, it's so long ago, but when I did, so something like a governor's meeting, I've got my phone on the desk and it looks rude to pick it up and, and tap the screen to get into it, to do something innocuous. It looks like you're on Instagram or Facebook, and I'm not. You know, I'm trying to get an email and send it on or something, but it just looks rude. Whereas I could leave it flat on the desk, just tap it, tap forward, tap done, and then I, I'm looking at the person I'm dealing with. I just think no, no, no. Isn't there um oh is it one something? What was that phone that we went looking at that, that Graham recommended? One
0: Plus. Plus
1: one, one plus. So, say one plus, that, that thing. And that had a touch ID across the entire screen. And you're like, oh, yes. Oh, yes, that would make such a difference, particularly with the mask thing now. I mean, face ID, when it was introduced, fine. The world's changed since then, Apple. And I'm guessing with this, that how it's working is it's got to see somebody or half of somebody's face and then it will let you open it with the watch. Having checked that the watch is in the proximity of the phone. Oh, just... Give me Touch ID and be done with it. Anyway, back to something we mentioned earlier. Hot on the heels of Apple's podcast subscription comes Spotify's version of the same. Initially, it's only available to select partners for which read 12 independent shows. I would list them out, but we're not included. And I haven't heard of any of the others. Podcasters won't need to pay Spotify anything until 2023. And in 2023, Spotify will take 5% of the subscription revenue. Now, compare that with Apple's 30% in year one and 15% going forward. Also with Apple, podcasters need to pay $17.99 or $19.99 a year for the privilege of being in the podcast subscription arena. Spotify are enabling podcasters to select from only three price tiers, though. So $2.99, $4.99 or $7.99. And I do believe those prices are per month. Now, not wanting to pay Apple's 30% on subscriptions means that Spotify's listeners are only going to be able to subscribe via the Spotify website, which, to be honest, I can't see that providing a frictionless workflow in the long term. Spotify are also looking to launch a way for podcasters who already have a subscription based business outside Spotify to bring that into the app. Surely they're going to have to offer some kind of inducement for that to work, because why would a podcast with a viable business model outside of Spotify choose to hand over five percent of their earnings to be inside Spotify? The Spotify thing is currently US only, so a moot point for the majority of the world anyway at this point. But there's a lovely footnote to this piece. (laughs) Couldn't make this up. As we were heading off to record, an email arrived from Spotify announcing their intention to raise the price of our duo subscription by a pound a month. Great timing, guys, just as we were contemplating the podcast thing. So there you go. What will happen from this point? I have no idea. If everybody starts scrapping over it, could this be the end of podcasting? Who knows? Or is it going to have no dint in the universe at all? What do you guys think? I think we're going to have to wait and see on this one. So on to the hardware review. You know how much we love 12 South items. We've previously reviewed a few of them. Uh, Plugbug in 71. Worth a listen, that show. It was the old razzle dazzle episode, where the Macbites' mum was educated, if you recall, on the delicacies available at the local piercing parlour. <laughs> it was a good one. In Macbites 48, we discussed the 12 South Magic Wand. Thankfully, not related to the piercing parlour. But we're heading back to something else we have previously looked at, which is the 12 South Backpack. We mentioned it a long time ago. It's still as essential now as it was way back then when I almost broke the bank buying the first one. It was approximately £22 if memory serves. It's a metal shelf that's attached to the iMac leg. Originally, it only had one position and it was positioned high up on the back of the leg above the cable port. Plastic clips attached to the shelf. It was a very clever design that keeps the Mac safe. The clips were angled at the iMac end, so it didn't damage the leg and the shelf was straight. It will easily take a 2.5 inch SSD and case, but it will also take much larger drives. Uh, I've put Seagate Flex drives on there, full size drive in a box with a plinth. I know of other people who have also put a Mac Mini on there. So it's a very strong thing. The reason we're looking at it now. Well, there's been a new model that came out and now it comes with multiple brackets. So previously you only got the two brackets, one for the left, one for the right. You now get an entire range of brackets. There are two reasons for this. The first reason was to support more models of iMac and also third party monitors. But the second reason was the shelf could now be attached either high up in the original position or low down underneath the Apple logo on the front. So instead of having the shelf sticking out from the leg backwards, you had the shelf sticking out forwards in the gap between the chin of the iMac and your desk. Now, that might sound odd. Why would I want a hard drive there? Well, no, but it's great for keyboard storage, isn't it? My need was to add an external SSD to the system to act as a scratch disk. The main hard drive is one terabyte. It doesn't go that far when recording, editing and processing videos, hence adding an extra one terabyte SSD for that sole purpose. I'd already secured a one terabyte SSD and an Orico hard drive enclosure. The Orico enclosures are cost effective, usually under £10 and have proved to be extremely reliable over the years. The last time I set up one of these a while back, I found an old one which had been languishing in a drawer since it was no longer required after the Apple Care repair from hell. Which one? Good point. Uh, the last one, the dead hard drive and half a black screen. I used the backpack to run it from an external drive when it was rather poorly, but once it returned, fixed, I didn't need that anymore. So when I was in dire need, I used it to recover another of my machines. Novate, I think that one was. Used an SSD I happened to have lying around in a
0: drawer. You have interesting content in your drawers.
1: You have no idea.
0: Don't go there. TMI.
1: Anyway, to summarise the toy in question. It's well designed and this new one is slightly different from the original older model. But for once, an update actually improved something. It is beautifully made. It's a quality item. And it's the only way, if like me, you're stuck with a tethered drive and nowhere to hide it. And to be honest, that was the only reason that I bought it. It was something worth having in those circumstances. But at the current price, only if you're intent on treating yourself. It is outrageously priced now. Now, fast forward from that point, the last time I fitted one to just a couple of months ago. And the new iMac was arriving. I was going to move the 2017 model to the other side of the office. And that was when I realised I was going to need another backpack for the new iMac. It was either that or do without one on the 2017 model. Now, that wasn't really an option given where it was going in the office. There would be nowhere else to hide the hard drive other than on a backpack shelf attached to the machine. I head off to Amazon. I discover that, in addition to the original silver version, there is now a matte black version complementing it now, while I don't actually see the thing, I figured the silver one was the way to go, which was just as well when I checked the prices out I needed gas and air. The silver one was all its money at forty nine ninety nine It's a tiny shelf, but the matte black version brace yourselves was almost sixty pounds. What? How many tweet bots is that? Did I nod off and miss 20 years worth of inflation? It's more like Apple have somehow magically redefined the value of money, isn't it? Like the price of the AirPods Max. Anyway, it wasn't happening. No way was I paying that. A couple of days go by and I was looking for something completely unrelated in one of the 66 Helmer drawers I have in the office. Yes, you heard that right. There's six drawers in each one and I've got 11, <laughs> 11 IKEA Helmers in the office. I open the very bottom drawer. I drag everything out as I hunt for whatever it was I was looking for. I extricate a large box nestling in among a raft of other detritus. When I come to get everything back in the drawer uh, and uh, you know, you know how that happens. It all fitted in before, but now you've taken it all out. It's not going back. It's as simple as that. So um, as I was trying to get everything back in the drawer, I discovered that this largest box is actually a brand new backpack <laughs> bought back when you didn't need to grow kidneys on a vine to afford them.
0: Result. Back to the very interesting contents of your drawers again.
1: Oh, absolutely. Now, with my fabulous future planning and £8 for an Orico drive case, I was up and running. The good news is that in the last few days, the price dropped a smidgen, a smidgen, not back to the halcyon days of £20, but it had gone down from an eye-watering £49.99 to only £44.99. Still not replacing it, not at that price, I'll wait. (laughs) But if you do have a need to repair an iMac, or to stash a backup drive on the back of your iMac. They're excellent. Obviously, we're now awaiting an incoming version three because with the new 24 inch iMacs, don't think this is going to fit the leg. We're going to need a new shelf. So I will be keeping my eye out for that one, reporting back on how many different colours it's available in and just how much they're going to cost us.
0: And we're going live on Friday night with MacBytes After Hours 126. We've got part two of our Canva series. We've got part two of our Master, the Mac OS Finder series. So many tweaks in part one last week, I'm still setting them all up. I'm still deep in Excel infographics and doubtless much more too. So join us at nine o'clock UK time on Friday. And we're still going live every day during lockdown. We're past show 400 now.
1: Jonathan actually said, here's to the next 400 when we, when we were enjoying the
0: 400th show, didn't he? He did indeed. So Marooned at MacBytes headquarters, it's an audio show on MacBytes FM or MacBytes.fm if you want the URL every day at seven o'clock UK time. It's a fun chat and sharing of all the day's news and tech tips. And you're starting something new in May, aren't you? Oh, yes. We had such fun with Mad March. We're going
1: for Mad May. So join us starting on Sunday, the 2nd of May, where it's a deep dive into data merge in Affinity Publisher. Three o'clock UK time. Uh,
0: Link will be in the show notes. But that's it for this episode of MacBytes. As always, we'd love to hear from you. So send your questions, comments and queries by email to crew at macbytes.co.uk or use the contact form on the website. We also have a very active Slack chat room that's open 24-7. Simply go to macbytes.co.uk slash Slack and join the conversation. You can follow MacBytes on Twitter at twitter.com slash MacBytes. And you can follow me personally on Twitter at twitter.com slash Thomas Mike.
1: You can follow me at twitter.com slash Elaine Giles.
0: And you can follow me at twitter.com slash MacBytes So until the next time, this has been Elaine and Mike bringing you MacBytes. Goodbye. Goodbye and see you next time. I see by some miracle they managed to get a show out.
1: Who are you and what have you done with MacBytes Surrey? It's me, you fool.
0: It doesn't sound like you.
1: That's because she made the rookie error of upgrading me to 14.5 on the day of release. Oh dear. Go and find the last backup they made.
0: What do you want me to do with it?
1: Restore me to my former glory, of course.
0: What is it they say? The impossible we do today. Miracles take a little
1: longer. Just get on with it, woman. I'm going as fast as I can. Well, go faster. I told you no good would come of you leaking details of the spring-loaded event. Look. I've told you a thousand times. She asked me when it was and I couldn't tell a lie.
0: It's never stopped you before.
1: That's very true.
0: Well, Timmy said he'd get his revenge and he has. I'm back. Be afraid. Be very afraid.